Greetings, folks. Philip Bateman from Bravo Charlie here. And if you haven't checked out the new website, do go to bravocharlie.global and have a look. And it's my great pleasure to be here on the final day of the Australian Impact Investment Summit talking to Paul Holthus, who's the founder and president and CEO of the World Ocean Council on our ocean deep dive session, which we've just finished. And pleasure to have you here, Paul. And Happy to be here. Why don't you give us an overview of really the scale and scope of the World Ocean Council? Because I was blown away when, I, when you took us through it. Yeah, happy to happy to outline that. So we've got an ocean that's seventy one percent of the planet, and we've got an ocean ecosystem that creates twenty four trillion dollars of economic activity and ecosystem benefits, and four trillion dollars of annual economic activity in the ocean. So what we do at the World Ocean Council is we bring together all of those industries that operate in the ocean: shipping, fishing, aquaculture, offshore energy, ports, tourism, etc., to work together on collaboration towards solving the sustainability issues and challenges of the ocean through a real proactive, um, coordinated approach by business, bringing in the investment community to be driving solutions. So this is creating business opportunities, creating investment opportunities, and helping ensure we've got a healthy and productive ocean that also is a major uh, source for addressing the planet's climate problems. And something I was really taken by, I believe it was a Nick Chiarelli from the Ocean Impact Organization, who talked about seeing the ocean as a solution and not a victim. What are your thoughts on that? This is really the the focus and the, the driver for what we do at the World Ocean Council is to then identify, uh, work with the business community to identify those solutions and bring in the investment towards those solutions that also are solutions for industry-specific challenges. Uh, so, for example, the issue of biofouling, the stuff that grows on the outside of ships, it's a problem for those shipping companies, not only because it's transferring um, invasive species, so there's a biodiversity problem there, but there's also a climate problem there because it, it increases the drag and, and, and slows down the vessel so they use more fuel and therefore put out more carbon emissions. So if we can solve that problem, we're, we're addressing a shipping industry and environment biodiversity challenge, but also a, a, a part of the problem with um, the level of carbon um, emissions from the shipping industry. So looking for those kind of um, uh, creative um, solutions to these ongoing problems and reaching out to the, to the innovation community and the investment community to connect with the industries to uh, put that sort of package together. And alongside biofouling, you mentioned like marine sound and um, plastics and um, plastics re reception. I think waste reception at ports was a right. massive one I hadn't considered. Yes. Yeah, so certainly. So the, the issue of plastics is really part of a broader solid waste problem in the ocean, which is part of the, the overall um, waste management issues in, in the ocean. So all the vessels that are operating out there, the shipping industry, the cruise industry, fishing, offshore energy, etc., all of those vessels are generating different waste streams. Increasingly, it's, it's regulated and you're not uh, allowed to put stuff over the side, and good companies don't want to do that anyway. But what they need then is the port waste reception facilities. And uh, that's a, it's a global need. We need a network of those facilities in ports around the world. Um, it's especially uh, critical in developing countries where the facilities are often uh, non-existent or not um, really set up well in handling the volumes and the kinds of waste. So this is hazardous waste, recyclables, plastics, etc. So there's an investment opportunity there to build and operate those facilities. And there's hundreds of ports um, that, that need these. And so 
this is where we're working to bring together, again, the industry, the economic activity, uh, the sustainability issue or challenge, and the investment opportunity. And it's worth quoting facts and figures here. And then as I remember it from the last few presentations, we have 150 million tons of plastics in the ocean, 11 million tons going in each year. And I believe it was five countries responsible for 95% of the waste there. And I don't say that to point the finger. I say that more as a as an overview of simply what's going on. And that's, and that's, that's the land-based sources. Yeah. And so then if you add in, the, which is a much smaller, smaller volume, about 20% of the solid waste or plastics are thought to come from, uh, estimated to come from maritime sources. So to add in some figures, there are 90,000 merchant vessels. There's three to four million shipping, uh, fishing boats out there. Uh, so you add that sea-based um, uh, set of uh, sources of plastics to the land-based sources, and that actually creates a greater economy of scale than for these, these um, especially sort of the medium-sized ports in developing countries. There's a real uh, need and opportunity there to implement these, these waste reception facilities as a solution. I was taken by the term ships of opportunity in relation to data science and oceanography. Could you talk to that? Sure. So there are, as I mentioned, uh, these uh, enormous numbers of vessels uh, from the merchant fleet, from the fishing fleet, and other sorts of vessels out there, along with tens of thousands of platforms, fixed installations, aquaculture facilities, wind farms, oil and gas platforms. All of that presents the in-situ possibilities for collecting data in this global ocean that's 71% of the planet and the atmosphere above the, the ocean space. Uh, so ships of opportunities refers to the use of those vessels of vessels for hosting or deploying um, uh, instrumentation that can collect data. And so we've expanded that concept to be not just about big ships, but about all sizes of ships and, as I say, the fixed installations, the platforms. Any and all of them should be considered as potential places to host or deploy instruments or host scientists on board so that we can increase the data flow in a very cost-effective way, the, by far the most cost-effective way to have a lot of data being gathered so we better understand and can monitor the ocean and, and operate sustainably and responsibly and improve our understanding of climate change, of ocean change. Uh, and the market here and the investment opportunity is in creating the technologies, those instruments that could be deployed from uh, vessels and platforms or, or installed on sensors that are installed on ships or platforms. There's a great need for the R&D to create those sensors in a, in a way that makes them uh, easily available, easy to operate, and get those out uh, amongst those um, amongst those industries that have the vessels and the platforms. Mm. And if I may make an assumption, I believe you've possibly been at this a while. I have been. Yeah. What have you changed your mind about over the last, or what have you changed your mind about since yeah. getting involved? Yeah. So I'm I'm an ocean guy from from since I was a kid and the, the growing up in Asia in the Pacific region and, and working around the world in various organizations over the last uh, three or four decades. And what's become clear is that to address our ocean challenges and ensure we've got a healthy and productive ocean at a global scale uh, is that the business industry and investment community needs to be involved and, and linked to the innovators in the world that want to help solve these ocean challenges. And what I what's become clear to me as I got into this work a couple of decades ago is that there are a lot of good, smart people in good, smart companies around the world that care about their company's ocean footprint, its role in the world, its responsibilities to be uh, a good corporate ocean citizen. We coined this term corporate ocean responsibility, and that's what we're working to achieve. And, and so what's, what's really changed for me um, 
uh, and that we're trying to really communicate to the world is that uh, we need to work with these companies, find the right people, engage them, help them engage their companies. And because it's a global ocean, it's a global ocean business community, we need that collective, uh, coordinated collaboration across those sectors, the leadership companies, big and small, from all the different industries operating in ocean. That's where the future of the ocean lies. Uh, you know, governments, the international organizations, citizens, scientists, and the NGOs all play a key role. But if we don't get the ocean industry working together through leadership companies, we are not going to be able to ensure we've got a, a healthy ocean in the future. Mm. And open ocean, the opportunity of the open ocean as a solution to carbon change, to climate change. And what would you say to that? Because I was quite taken by, it was mentioned a few times, it's like, well, we really need to get offshore into the open ocean. That's yeah. where the future is. Yeah. That's where we can sequester the gigatons needed yeah. at scale to change this around. Yeah. What does that look like? Can you paint a picture? Yeah. So that's then this, this connection between the ocean and biodiversity and climate is really becoming more clear. These things are all related and, and our and our biggest challenge and opportunity is getting carbon out of the atmosphere in the short to medium term. As we cut down on carbon emissions, that's a many many decade long process. In the meantime, we've got to get ocean uh, sorry carbon out of the atmosphere. The ocean is the only major natural sink or, or place where you can sequester that carbon uh, at scale in the short to medium term. So we need to um, we need these the, the the enterprises the companies that are developing the technologies and approaches to doing that and there's a variety of what's called pathways towards getting um, excess uh, CO2 out of the atmosphere into the ocean we need to they need to be supported by investors by governments to develop the um, those technologies to be able to test them to have the monitoring and control systems in place. Uh, so that we can be sure it's being done safely and responsibly. It doesn't have unanticipated, unacceptable side consequences. Um, but that's where the that's where our only big opportunity for the gigaton scale um, sequestration of carbon over the next twenty, thirty, forty years uh, is is possible. And so it's it's a tremendous um, opportunity then for investors to help uh, make that happen by getting involved. We're here at the Asia Pacific. Um, uh, investment, the Impact Investment Summit, investors can really help make that happen by working to uh, engage and identify those companies. And, and we know we have a whole uh, working group of those companies uh, to help uh, also f have the due diligence and the, um, the verification of who's doing a good job in that field, um, where the investable opportunities are. This is really uh, the, the key piece of ocean industry, ocean investment, um, development is in this this ocean, open ocean carbon sequestration. And for investors out there that have a climate change focus or see themselves as needing to leave a better future for everybody, what would your one piece of advice for them be? It would be to look at the the ways in which they can, and, and we are here to help do that. Understand what the what the issues are that are affecting the ocean, and who the companies are that are working to be. Uh, leading the way towards responsible, sustainable practices, and and um, and really have the toolkit that they need as investors to evaluate those companies and help get involved in supporting companies that are doing the right thing and moving in the right direction, 
and or in the small companies and startups that are providing uh, technologies or other solutions mm. for those bigger companies to be able to change their practices and improve their performance. So catalyze startups, work with academics to ask them questions, and, go and out to government. existing industries that the, 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 the good I would say the good companies, the smart, the progressive companies yeah. that are working to um, ensure that they are part of uh, clean and green and sustainable shipping, for example, and in all of the other sectors, tourism, mm. fisheries, aquaculture, et cetera. Mm. So we need to work with investors can work with those companies to be driving forward change in their sectors. Mm. Hmm. World Oceans Council. Good place to be if you're interested in saving the world. Yep. 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 And encourage people to get in touch and happy to um, to help investors in particular understand where they can really make a difference in ensuring we've got a healthy ocean and a healthy planet. Thanks so much for your time. Happy to happy to contribute. Organizational leaders you know that are hell-bent on changing the world for the better probably don't have the most effective strategy when it comes to digital marketing and video, and that's why I'm here. Get me in touch with them so we can get on this mission and we can create change at a much faster pace.